time for another episode of the Born to Fly podcast. And thank you for tuning in. Maybe this is your first time, maybe this is the second time, or maybe the tenth time. But I welcome you on the show, and I have a very interesting guest for you today. His name is Tom Swab. He is a genius or an expert in podcast interview marketing. And this is his bio. Have you ever thought your digital marketing might actually be hurting your business? That you are not breaking through the noise, but you are just adding to it? Perhaps you are not one funnel away. Maybe that funnel is stopping the big fish you want. My guest today has a refreshing new view. Tom Swab asks you to consider that you are just one conversation away. That's the title of his new book based on his experience and data working with over 700 leading brands as the chief evangelist officer at Interview Valley. If you want a rich life and a profitable business, Tom believes you are just one conversation away. And he actually applies this to podcast interview marketing as well. So on this show, we talk about podcast marketing, but we also talk about sales and the perspective you need to have on sales. There's lots of tips, there's freebies, there's interesting links and resources. So I would say listen closely, tune in and take everything that you need for building your business. Enjoy. So listeners, welcome to another episode of the Born to Fly podcast. And today we're going to talk about podcasting, which I think is very interesting, maybe because I have my own podcast. But for everybody who wants to start their own podcast or is considering it and you want to know the benefits and things like that, I invite you to listen to this episode because my guest is Tom Swab and he is a real expert and genius in this field, in this area, I would say. So Tom, welcome on the show. Jane, I am thrilled to be here. I don't know if I started as an expert, but with 10 years, I've learned what works and what doesn't work. And, uh, you know, you should always learn from other people's mistakes as opposed to your own. So excited to share what I've learned. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear about it too. So let's first start with the beginning. How did you get interested in the audio world and in podcasting? And why did you start Interview Valet? Yeah. And I, I think it's just a follow on to what I was doing. So my last company uh, was HubSpot's first e-commerce case study. And we built up that entire business from a regional player to a national leader using guest blogging. So when I sold that company, I was in a mastermind and people were asking, well, how'd you do it? And I'm like, well, guest blogs, but this was 2014. Blogging didn't work by then. So I said, I bet you you could use podcast interviews, almost like we used to use guest blogging or people would use as seen on TV. So we mm -hmm. started to test it, worked really well. People said, you should start an agency to do this. Uh, and one of our beta testers actually bought us the name and domain of Interview Valet. So I would say it's a nothing new. It's a follow-on of things that have worked for decades, but just in a new emerging medium. Ah, okay. Okay. But I mean, you said you were in blogging before. Mm -hmm. So was blogging not working or was podcasting working even better? When we first doing the blogging, this was anywhere from, you know, Y2K up to about uh, 2014. Blogs were hot. People were reading them and guest blogging worked very well because you got to tap into other people's audience. You got those backlinks from it. You got the authority. And, you know, blogs got so saturated that they weren't as powerful. And the other thing, I'll, I'll be honest, I've written a lot of blogs in my life. They all felt like homework. I'm not a natural writer. So for me, talking was so much easier. Easier. And I think with time, it's proven that when people hear you, it converts so much better than if they just read something. There's a different level of intimacy. You know, they almost self-select out, you know, they either turn you up or turn you off. 
Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, if you don't like the voice of someone, for example, you can skip <laughs> right to the next one. First is also if you're like, oh, this person is actually telling something very interesting. Let's just tune in a little bit more. And I think it's easier to, you know, you have that no like trust factor. I think it's easier to get to the trust factor with actually hearing somebody speak. I agree with you. And I think that's even more important today with, you know, generative AI, because everybody has lost the trust factor with written content. Not only did the search engines think that everything was written by chat GPT, <laughs> but so many people look at it and say, I bet you this, was this really Tom writing this? It looks too perfect, right? It's just think that, oh, this is just, you know, an email, a blog, whatever written by chat GPT. And, you know, they listen to us, uh, they'll know that this is a human because no computer will would speak in broken sentences and broken English like I do. Yeah, or me. That's true. Because I actually was, when was it? I was, I think I was watching a video lately uh, today on YouTube about, I was looking something up. I needed a, a solution for tag. And it was, the voice was like AI. It was not a human being. And it was so weird to listen to. And I think people, I don't know how good AI will become, but I think it can never really get to the point that they sound completely like a human being. But, you know, we might be guessing here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. And we don't know why we don't like it, right? Because the voice is just slightly off from the, the video or the lips aren't moving right, or you read a post and it's like, wow, I've <laughs> never seen Tom use semicolons before. Mm-hmm. And so things like that. And there's, as soon as you get a red flag, it destroys that no like and trust. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Okay. So, but explain to me, how is it that uh, podcasting converts better than blogs? Cause I'm a writer. I really need to be convinced <laughs> cause I love writing. Right. I also love podcasting, obviously, but uh, I'm always like, Oh, I just love blogging. I love like creating content. It's good for SEO. So tell me, what is the benefit of podcasting? Well, and this data gets cited all the time that podcast interviews convert 25 times better than blogs. And it's true. Uh, it's actually a study that I did with HubSpot oh, back in 2016, but it's also misquoted. So it means visitors to leads, right? So if you think about it, if somebody comes to your website to read your blog, right, they skim it, a uh, chance that a good blog will convert maybe five to 10%, right? One to 2%, a good blog. Will. Even less. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> One to two percent is a good blog. With podcast interviews, after they've heard you, right, they're either turning you up or turning you off. They self-select after that thirty or forty-five minutes. They're like, "Yes, I really like this. I need this," and then they go to the website. If they don't, that's fine because at the end of the day, none of us just want more lousy leads. We want great customers. So that's where it is. Where if somebody hears you, then goes to your website, you'll see conversion rates of you know twenty-five percent, fifty percent. We've seen conversion rates up in the 90% with that too. After listening to like one episode or is it continuous listening from people to like multiple episodes? You know, you can't because of podcasting is so fragmented. You can't tell all of the interviews, Mm -hmm. but it shows what we're looking at is if they come to the website, you know, their chances of converting on that and filling out something that makes them a lead is typically, you know, the 25% to 50%. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, yeah, I might start thinking about that. (laughs) If 
blogging is even worth it. I think it is, but I think podcasting is just, if you look at like the 80-20% rule, it's like, you know, you can better put your time into podcasting versus writing. Well, I don't know that it's either or, right? Mm -hmm. We live in such a great time today. You know, there's a lot of problems in this world, but there's no better time to be alive because we can create in the way that's easiest for us and then repurpose it into ways that are easiest for other people. So you could take a, a podcast interview and turn it into a blog. You can take a blog and, you know, read that and turn it into a podcast. You can do mm-hmm. the reels. There's so many different ways that you can repurpose it to get to your ideal customers. Yeah, sure. So if you were talking about reels and video, well, what about that? What would you say about audio versus video? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I look at it as everybody's got an opinion, right? I always look at what the data says. Now, the mm-hmm. data says that three quarters of podcasts are still include the video, right? After um, COVID, the video went up quite a bit. And now, is that still a podcast? I don't know. Some people will listen to the podcast. Other ones will watch it. Other ones will read the transcripts. So my thought is that why not capture all of it that you can, right? So that it gives people the opportunity mm. to um, to watch it, to, to read it, to listen to it. My concern sometimes on video um, is that video can be quickly dated and can be, we discriminate against it. And this idea actually uh, struck me from a, a book called uh, Leadership Literacies by a guy by the name of Johansson. He's a futurist out of Stanford University. And one of the things that he pointed out was that when you see somebody on a video, you make snap judgments, right? We all do it. You know, they're too young. They're too old. They don't look like me. Or mm-hmm. even think about um, fashion. If you look a video and, you know, um, the way their hair looks, it could look very dated. The way, you know, the lapels on their suit look or their, the width of their tie, it can always look so dated. And I, I think sometimes of like uh, going back, I remember taking my kids to see Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I thought it was such a great movie. They'd almost laugh at <laughs> at the special effects, right? Because the video had become dated. Um, that's what I think one of the great things about podcasts and audio is, is that no, nobody knows if you're young or you're old, right? They're just listening for your content and your expertise. Yeah. I remember you sharing about, I think it was your niece who was listening to this great, uh, I think it was an evangelist and you probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, so you better explain it to the people listening. Yeah. So uh, Zig Ziglar, right? Zig Ziglar was a great man of faith. He was also a motivational speaker, a business coach and everything. And years ago, my niece came to me, she was working to get her real estate license. And she came and she's like, Uncle Tom, have you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? And I didn't have the guts to tell her honey, Zig died about a decade ago. You know, he's a great man. And she's like, oh, I'm listening to these things from him, you know, and I thought you'd really like him. Now, those were probably recorded before she was even born, you know, uh, and if she would have been watching the videos, uh, she would have laughed at it. But because it was audio, she listened to it and listened to the the content there. So Zig Ziglar lives on. Uh, it was probably originally in cassette tapes, uh, <laughs> maybe albums or eight tracks. And now she listens to it, you know, in streaming or with downloads. Yeah, so that I think that's a good point because that's what you were saying. It's better to have the rich audio versus the video. There's a risk to it that they get outdated very fast. And also, when you look at just general music, you know, um, I can listen to music from like the 70s or maybe even 60s and still enjoy them. Versus if you would look at the music videos, you would probably think, <laughs> mm, "Not gonna watch this." <laughs> so there is something to that as well. So the content that you make in audio form will probably last long 
longer than it will it would be in art in video yeah amazing all right that's a good lesson so are there any lessons that you want to share uh, not particularly for like podcasting or video but for people who are just starting out with their businesses and they come to a point they're like okay i really need to wrestle this beast that's called sales <laughs> like mm -hmm. how what are good ways next to like creating content to do some sales for your business especially when you're just a solopreneur and you're just starting out I would step back and often, you know, we'll take the advice from, you know, Elon Musk does this, you know, or this company does that. Well, you don't have the budget, the time, all the rest of that, you know, hopefully someday you will, but start with where you are. And mm -hmm. I would argue that every business their biggest problem right now is obscurity, right? No matter where you are, if you're in version 1.0 or, you know, 100, there is somebody on their knees right now begging for the solution you have. Now, it might not be perfect. It might not be for everybody, but there are people out there that would gladly pay you for it. The only problem is they don't know you exist, right? We don't mm -hmm. buy the best. We buy the best we know of. So I think you have to ask yourself, how can I break through that obscurity? How can I get known by these people and not by everybody, but the my ideal people, right? Those people that I could serve. So first getting targeted, who do I want to serve? And then how can I talk to, how can I break through that obscurity, right? And if they're readers, then write blogs, write articles, right? If they're younger, make sure that uh, you're working through platforms that are a younger audience, right? If they're older and professionals, well, it better be on LinkedIn and not TikTok. Mm -hmm. And just trying to do it there and say, am I, what am I doing? Is this connecting with my ideal customers. The other thing is that I believe that you can't say enough to the right people. You can't say enough of the wrong things to the right people or the right things to the wrong people, right? It's almost like you go out there sowing seeds, right? Mm -hmm. Not all of them are going to sprout, right? You're not responsible for that. You put it out there. Those people that are fertile ground, yeah, they'll understand that. They'll bring value from it. And those are the champions that you want to work with. And you talked about sales. One of the things that I believe and I've seen throughout my lifetime is that the better the marketing, the easier the sales mm. and marketing to me is, you know, starting a conversation with somebody that could be an ideal customer. So if you've got a cold lead that comes in that knows nothing about you, nothing about your company, nothing about your expertise or the problems you solve, good luck, right? That's going to be a tough and long sales process. Now flip that to the opposite side. What are the best marketing leads that we have? It's usually personal referrals, mm -hmm. right? Because they already told the prospect about you, the problems you solve all of those things. So they show up ready to buy. So the yeah. marketing is so good that the sales becomes easy. So that's one of the things that I, I always go back to even in my business, right? We've got, we've been around for nine years with 30 uh, employees, right? Uh, but still, is this starting a conversation with somebody that could be an ideal customer? And often it's easy to get distracted by that digital FOMO, right? It's like, oh, I got to be here. I got to be there. I've got to be everywhere. Well, if your customers aren't there, do you need to be there, right? If they're not making yeah. And they're buying decisions there. Do you need to be there? And also what's easiest for you to the marketing to make? Yeah, it's really looking at, okay, who do you want to serve and where are they? And then what content can I make? Where can I put it out there? But then then there is this part of people that are like, okay, and maybe I finally get like this sales call or whatever it is. Like, how can you sit there and not be very anxious or like nervous? And yeah, I don't know, like really get that, nail that sales call or whatever it's going to be. It could be an email or, I mean, that's always a tough one because you get nervous in the beginning where you talk to somebody, you're like, this could be a potential client and you really want a client because you want to build that database of uh, good reviews, right? Right. 
I always think of it as how can I serve them, right? And you're not trying to make a sale, you're trying to serve a customer. And mm-hmm. uh, I have to laugh. Uh, there's a great book called Thou Shalt Pross by uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. I love going to church and, and quoting my rabbi. Yeah. Uh, people look at you funny and it's like, what, you don't have a rabbi? What he talks about is that you know you're serving people when they give you certificates of appreciation. And he said, in the United States, you know, certificates of appreciation are pieces of green paper with pictures of dead presidents on it, right? It's money. So not thinking so much of how can I make this sale, but how can I serve this person? How can I solve their problem, right? Because if you do that, they'll give you the money. They'll give you more clients and everything. So I think from that standpoint, uh, I always look at it. I don't want to be selling, right? I want to be an evangelist. In fact, in my title, I'm not supposed to hate, right? I hate the term CEO and chief executive officer, right? I've got a team of 30. I'm not running, you know, Microsoft here. I'm not the same level of CEO. So I always call it as chief evangelist officer. I want to evangelize for our clients, for our company, for the industry, right? And so if going to there for that curious um, nature of how can I solve your problem, it's almost like you're both sitting on the same side of the table in order to solve the prospect's client uh, problem, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be sold, right? Nobody wants to sell, but we all want to uh, solve our problem. So uh, trying to take more of that consult- consultative approach. Yeah, I think some sort of biblical perspective to that because we we are called to help each other, right? To love one another like we love ourselves. And I think when you are really coming from that place and talk to somebody that you don't really care, I would say, at first, if they will convert into a client because you just want to help a person. And if you can help a person by just having a chat, that should be enough, I think. And in some ways, it's sort of like evangelism, right? Yeah. You have the obligation to put the information out there in any way you can and to set a good example and all the rest of this. What they do with that, that's their decision, right? (laughs) You could have the perfect product, the perfect sales process. You know you can help this person. Well, if they don't want the help, you didn't fail, right? You know Who knows? Maybe at a certain point in their life, they'll come back to that. But you can just put that out there. And without getting crude here, I want to share something that a client once told me. Uh, I was covering um, the phones and this was my previous company and it was over lunchtime and I picked up the phone and he's like, oh, I love you guys. You're just like Preparation H. Now, if you're not in the States, Preparation H is hemorrhoid cream. And I'm like, we are? And he's like, yes, it's a compliment, right? He said, you gave us fast relief. You took away our pain in the rear, right? You came recommended. And it sort of struck me after that. Nobody cares about your product or service, right? My mom, you know, she listens to my podcast interviews. I don't think she really cares about it, right? But what people care about is their pain, their problem. And if you can address that and focus on that, then your product or service has meaning to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one. (laughs) That must have been so funny. You're like, what? Excuse me? (laughs) All right. But I get it. It's a good one. It's actually a good one. And I think that's exactly where you need to come from when you start selling to people is you know that what you can give them is the best they could get. It's the same with the gospel, right? You know, it's the best for people if they actually would accept it. And that's probably with your product as well. You should also think about your business in that way, I think. If you don't, then it might be hard to sell as well. I think there's a little bit of confidence that you need in order to make a good sale too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like nodding. Yeah, so it's true. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they talk about sales being the transfer of enthusiasm. 
So if you're not certain with it, the client won't be either. And one of the things like with our sales process that we go through uh, with all of our prospects, one of the things we say early on is that, you know, we believe in life. There's two answers. There's heck yes and no, right? We want to get you the information and understand so that you can come back and say, heck yes, this will solve my problem or no, it won't. And either mm-hmm. one of that is fine because if you start that way where you're just trying to get to yes or no, you don't fall in this land of I'll think about it or follow up next month, next quarter, next year, right? Um, People want to make decisions. So make it easy for them. Mm -hmm. And once again, don't be like you're sitting on their side of the table, right? Not an adversary on the other side of the table. Yeah. Okay. I hope this is helpful. I already think it's very helpful, especially just the mindset make a huge difference. Okay. So we talked about the podcasting versus blogging versus video, and we talked about sales. Are there any like quick tips that you can give the listeners if they either want to jump on the podcast train? Like what should they do? How should they start? Or if there's like anything else regarding sales that you have tips for? Yes. Some of the rules that digital marketers tell you don't apply to podcasts. And this is the one that most people get wrong. And I'll just give you an example here. When you're on a podcast interview, you want to meet people where they are, right? You want to make it easy for them to take the next step. Now, every digital marketer will tell you one call to action. I don't disagree with them, but that's for social media post or a blog. When you're talking, right, for an extended conversation, meet people where they are, right? So send them back to your website. Just send them to one place and give them three ways to say yes, small yes, a medium yes, and a heck yes. So the small yes is something that's a quick win. It doesn't take them a lot of time or a lot of money. It could be a checklist, a personal assessment. The medium yes is going to take them a little bit more time or money. So it could be a a face-to-camera video. It could be a webinar. It could be a book. And then the heck yes, if somebody hears you and you're the answer to prayer and they come running with credit card in hand, don't slow them down in a funnel right? Whales don't click and big fish don't swim through funnels. So put your calendar, whatever, let them buy a product, whatever that next step is there. And uh, so that's, if you're on a podcast, you know your content, right? You're the expert, but just don't leave it. Just don't leave it there at the end. Uh, Give them something to do. Give them a place to go. Okay. So that would translate to like a landing page with several options or would you just like market it in your episode? Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's pull back the curtain here. I'll make one up here. <laughs> um, so I would say something like, yeah, just go back to interviewvalet.com forward slash born to fly. So I'm sending them to one page, right? That's a welcome page. Uh, if you want to see what one looks like, just go there. Um, and that's evergreen page for evergreen content, right? Because we're recording this in 2020. Somebody in 2028 is going to listen to this. And if I just send it to my homepage, that's going to change, right? In Mm -hmm. four years. So tell them where to go and then tell them what's there. So for me, small yes is an assessment, right? Podcast interview marketing and assessment. 10 questions. Will this work for you? The medium yes is I wrote a book, you know, podcast guest profits, how to grow your business with a targeted interview strategy. Well, put that there if you want a free copy of that. That's the medium yes. Mm -hmm. And then that heck yes is if you listen to this and it's like, well, I'd, I'd like to learn more about this. I'd like to see how we could work together. Well, I'll put my calendar scheduling link there. All my social media will be there if you want to connect with me and then tell them again where to go. Just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash born to fly. So that's sort of pulling back the curtain, how you would do it. And if you want to see what that page looks like, uh, it's not rocket science. You can take the, the text, the layout, all the rest of that. And please use that. I want you to make sure that, you know, you're not just getting on random podcast interviews, but that you're getting results from everyone. 
Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I think a great example. And people should go there because it's an existing link. <laughs> I will also <laughs> put it in the podcast notes. <laughs> Amazing. So, and also you just mentioned a couple of times, like you wrote a book and we didn't even talk about that. And I don't think we have a lot of time to talk about that. But yeah, you know, that's like one of the books you wrote. There's one that you wrote lately. So is there a little bit that you want to share about the books that you wrote? Yeah. So the first one, Podcast Guest Profits, is really the, it's the cookbook. It's the recipe of how we do what we do, right? It's not a secret. It's not magic. It's a system and we lay it out there. You know, it's the same way chefs write books and give you the recipes, same thing. And then the second one, One Conversation Away, is more the manifesto of why podcast interview marketing works right? Um, so many people are talking now in, in marketing that you're just one funnel away, right? And while that's a great, great marketing thing, sort of a tagline, and I'm a big proponent of automation, I think the best things in life start with conversations, hmm. right? Uh, and uh, you know, there's one conversation away from finding your next great part, next great client, next great uh, supplier, all of those things. And I think today more than ever, those conversations are really powerful. Amazing. Okay. Interesting. And they're available any like store or any online yeah, store, should, I'd say. They should be there. And then I'll also <laughs> put them on the, um, the website there if you want to copy. Amazing. All right. So anything else you want to mention, like links, how people can contact you that we haven't mentioned yet? <laughs> well, I already sort of gave, you know, where I know. to go, what to get. <laughs> I'm going to add something here. One of my favorite phrases, what's ordinary to you is amazing to others, right? We've all been blessed by knowledge, things we've learned, right? The person that knows fourth grade math is a genius to the one that's trying to figure out second grade math. And, you know, I believe we're blessed to be a blessing. And so what you know, share it with the world, right? And however you can, if that's talking with people one-on-one, -on -one, if it's writing blogs, if it's hosting a podcast, if it's being a guest on a podcast, you know, what you know could help other people. And I just encourage you uh, to do that because, you know, stay strong because the world needs to hear you now more than ever. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't add anything to that. Thanks so much. So this was wonderful and I can't wait to put it out there and have people listen to it. I really want to thank you for your time and uh, for your willingness to be on the show. And um, yeah, people, listeners, go to, to the website that was mentioned. It's in the show notes and uh, get the books, get a call with Tom, anything that you need. Get, go for the heck yes if you need it. But uh, for now, Tom, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Born to Fly podcast. If you liked it, please leave a review on Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to share it with your friends. If you'd like to know more about Born to Fly, go to borntofly.faith. There you can discover our How to Find Your Calling course and a community for like-minded entrepreneurs. Looking forward to having you back next time.